Welcome to the Life Exchange Podcast, where we give you practical solutions for self, community, and culture. Remember the days of playing Oregon Trail. Today, we're talking about pioneering. Maybe not the Wild West kind of pioneer, but those who chart new courses and forge new pathways. Pioneering can look different for different people, but no matter what, it does require some key essentials to keep moving forward when life gets inescapably tough. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a creative, or a mom wanting to pave a better path for her kids, we hope this episode speaks courage to your heart to keep going and pioneering a better future. Hi, I'm Melody Hilton. And I'm Joel Hilton. And I'm Katie Stansfield. And today's topic is called The Courage to Pioneer. Uh, of course, when I hear that, I think of my uh, elementary school days of Oregon Trail <laughs> and the pioneers of court, uh, charting a new course. You were guaranteed to die. Yep. <laughs> in Oregon Trail. Dysentery or a drowning or... <laughs> But uh, it's still a fun game. But that's what I think of in pioneering is somebody who's charting a new course, somebody who's going where no man has gone before. Um, and honestly, that's not an area of that I feel like I really um, walk in naturally to where I'm starting something new. I love jumping on somebody else's vision and serving that and helping to advance it and take it in different directions. But um, that, that... So you love pushing the boundaries, not necessarily... Starting from scratch. Extending (laughs) past the boundaries? Oh, no. Like I can, if I have a vision, but creating and generating that vision for myself, I just don't really see that as a something I'm natural at. But uh, Mama Melody over here, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you've pioneered in a lot of ways. So yeah, Uh, when I was 27, Stephen was 28, we came to an area that didn't want us here because we weren't (laughs) born and raised here. We were city people and God sending us to the country and uh, to start a church. And that that was definitely pioneering. Uh, Being a woman in ministry was definitely pioneering. Very, very difficult seasons. The prophetic we, we were pioneering that in this area, then the apostolic, and then, you know, the seven mountains and reaching the marketplace. And, and so, so many things we were a part of pioneering. But I think we must recognize that every person, every believer at this time in history carries a prophetic and apostolic anointing. Prophetic mm-hmm. is hearing the voice of God. And every single believer, my sheep will hear my voice, correct? Yeah. That's what the Bible says. So every believer should hear his voice, but we need an apostolic anointing that says, I'm going to build or I'm going to follow through or I'm going to walk in obedience to what he speaks. Mm-hmm. So when God speaks to us as a believer and we respond to that by building, we're walking in an apostolic anointing. And that's really pioneering because the pioneers first had a vision to go out West, and then they had to get the stagecoaches and the horses, and they had to pack everything up, and they had to literally put some feet or action to their vision. So that's really apostolic by nature as well as prophetic by nature. 
It's a part of pioneering. And we can just look at the word of God. Abraham pioneered, right? Yeah. He he followed uh, God's plan and purpose. You know, you look at Moses, he pioneered. You look at Jesus. Oh my goodness, Jesus was a pioneer. The one thing I'm hearing you say, like even with those examples, is those people didn't really have the plan. They just had a directive. So they had an order from God. Like, you know, Abraham... God, he said, where am I going? God said, well, you'll find out or you'll figure it out when you get there. Or with Moses, Moses is like, well, I'm not your guy. I'm, I stutter. I can't, I can't be this person. And God said, no, you're going to go. he tried to do it on his own strength in the beginning when he killed the, the guard. Right? Yeah. In or Egypt. Abraham with yeah. Ishmael. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they had bumps along the way, for sure. Well, and I think when we pioneer, it doesn't mean we know the whole story. Yeah, so that's kind of what I was getting yeah, at. Yeah, it, most definitely. You have a lot of bumps in the road, and you have to overcome a lot of obstacles and face a lot of disappointments. But that attributes and the character and the nature of a pioneer says, man, come hell or high water over under sink or swim. I'm not quitting because I've heard the voice of God and I am just going to stand and fight and war through and do what God's called me to do in spite of the opposition. So I think pioneers face challenges that a person who doesn't pioneer, doesn't mm-hmm. face. Uh, but they also have to develop some things inside of them to give them the courage to be in it for the long haul. So I guess even with what I had said earlier, you know, like I, you, you pioneered the ministry in a sense that this, where we are sitting right now was an empty field. There was mm-hmm. nothing here when you got here and God said, what did he say? Go head south and you'll end up in the north. Oh, when we were in Kansas City, we were pastoring in Kansas City and God spoke to Stephen and I separately. And uh, we had two babies at that time. and, And I remember just this thought put everything you have in storage, head south, and you'll end up in the Northeast. (laughs) And I go, that was crazy. And then like the next day, Stephen comes home and he said, Melody, this sounds crazy, but I had this thought that we should put everything in the storage, head south, and we'd end up in the Northeast. And we're going... Oh my goodness, that had to be God. So like we're we're freaking out over this because we knew then that it was the Lord. Yeah. And so God just so sovereignly led us and spoke to us separately so many times. So when we came together, we knew that that was the Lord because we were really learning to hear the voice of God because we were so young, yeah. young in the Lord and uh, young in ministry. Yeah. But you stepped out in obedience to that seemingly crazy sounding word Mm -hmm. and came to a place where there was nothing and established, you know, now there are buildings on this land and there's a ministry that functions out of this land, a local church that's almost 39 years old. Um, So you kind of saw the vision grow from scratch. Now me, about nine years ago, God said, you know, I'm, I've called you into ministry, which was never in my plan. So um, I came into something that was established, but it didn't mean that I also didn't have the bumps along the way. So I guess what I'm getting at is a pioneer. Can a pioneer be someone who starts from scratch or someone who comes in? Um, you, know, you know, what are we talking about when we mean well, pioneer? Well, one thing, uh, it can be both. Okay. Uh, I think there are people that launch things, you mm-hmm. know, with pioneer movements, uh, you know, even the stopped evaluation movement. You know, the Lord spoke to me, 
two and a half years ago to start the Stopped Evaluation Movement. That's pioneering a mindset and yeah. attitude to influence. So it's very pioneering by nature. But the fact is, Katie, you are pioneering things in Katie's life that you never would dream you would walk in. You're yeah. also pioneering a way even for your family. Mm -hmm. uh, because now your sister's on staff, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And so because of- That's my goal. All yeah. of them All work. <laughs> no, no, just kidding. Just kidding. So, but really you think about it, you stepped out of your comfort zone to do something that was not generational, yeah. as it were. And so you became a pioneer, maybe not in starting something, quote unquote, from scratch, but it was starting something new for you. Yeah. So I think whenever someone- Here's the voice of God in a directive way, and you step out to begin to walk that out. You are carrying a pioneering spirit. Okay, so one, probably one we thing, all have mm -hmm. that in us to some extent. Okay, one thing that I'm hearing a lot as we're talking about this is to be a pioneer, it has to start with something, mm -hmm. whether it's a dream, uh, a seed from the Lord, uh, yeah. a word from the Lord. And so I'm probably going to butcher this quote, but I don't even remember who it was by, but it basically was talking about many people dream, mm -hmm. but few stay awake to do something about it. Wow. That's good. And so to be a pioneer, it's not just about being a, a dreamer. Right. It's not just being like, I could see this, uh, being a visionary. It's actually putting boots on the ground, yes. actually going and stepping out, putting yourself at risk to do something about the word that you've got or the, the vision or the dream that the Lord has placed within your heart. If you don't go, you're not going to pioneer. It's yeah. the same spirit of an entrepreneur. Sure. And yeah. so somebody, it's, it's in their heart uh, to start a business man, they got to come up with investments or capital in some way. They've got to risk everything. And most people who start business, it is all their personal money that they have yeah. labored for and saved for years to make that investment into that business. They are like, they're taking risk mm -hmm. to step out and do something new uh, to impact their world positively, whatever that might be, because all businesses are to serve someone, mm -hmm. right? And so here they have this dream and they have this vision and they got to pay a price. And so I love entrepreneurs because they have to have courage yeah. to do what they do. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're already getting there a little bit, but let's mm -hmm. talk about some of the attributes that pioneers have to have. So um, right there, we just said they have to have courage, they have to have a vision, but beyond a vision, they actu actually have to put action to it. Another thing would be thick skin. <laughs> yeah. 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 If you're easily offended. You're not going to make it. <laughs> you're not going to make it. You're going to start your journey and like the Oregon Trail looking for your way to get back to where you came from. <laughs> So you have to have thick skin for sure. Well, one thing, uh, there, I think it was Apollo 13. I think it was Neil Armstrong. I'm not, forgive me if my history facts aren't good. This I'm is not, not a history, history show, so if you're Disclaimer. expecting accurate. And, but, you know, we're, we're going to go and we are going to go to the moon and we're going to walk on the moon. This is our goal and our objective. And uh, basically, I think it was in 1962 or 1963, and I actually remember this as a kid, that here he was, and he was radioing down to NASA, and he said, 
we are committed. And what that meant was they had just entered the gravitational pull of the moon. And at that moment, there was no turning back. We are landing. We're going to get out of this thing. We're going to walk on the moon. We're going to put the flag on there, you know, and, and, but they, they could not turn back once they reached that gravitational pull. And so, We really have to recognize that when we step out, there is going to be a point of no return. Mm -hmm. And so we have got to have that courage at that point to say, okay, we've gone so far. We can't quit now. We have just got to pay the price. And here we go. We're in this thing for the long haul. And to turn back might actually be more dangerous. Oh, yeah, they to, couldn't have, they yeah. could not have done it. Yeah, in that scenario. And, yeah. and really, for us, if we turn back, uh, my goodness, if we would turn back now after 39 years, what damage would we do? Mm-hmm. It would be destructive to every person we have invested our lives into in the past 39 years in this valley. And uh, it, it would be damaging. That doesn't mean you don't change, right? I mean, oh, we've been changing for 39 <laughs> years. Yeah, so it's not <laughs> like methods house. Uh, so the target or the goal is the same. It's just methods might change yeah. over over time. And I sure. think it goes beyond what we do to having a heart, a vision, a purpose, and you know, I love pioneering movies. I love justice movies. And I think of William Wallace, you know, and there he was just a commoner. And the tyranny of England came in and was just pillaging Scotland and and raping and abusing. And it was just horrible what they were experiencing. And he rose up and he began to fight as a commoner because he wanted to see freedom uh, for Scotland. And as he began to gain victory and battles and people were being drawn to him, uh, he began to get the attention of the nobles, you know, the Mm -hmm. ones that should have been really the leaders. And um, he got upset with them. And if you ever watch the movie Braveheart, he said, man, you're all worried about your houses and your platforms and your titles and all these things. He said, you know, I came to do for the people you know, I came here to serve the people and I'm going out and I'm going to get freedom for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was not concerned about anything but that vision, his goal, his objective to bring freedom to Scotland. And and I think that's a part of pioneering. We have to be driven by a higher cause. We, we have to, for us, it's like the kingdom of God, the advancement of the kingdom of God. And what is my role, my responsibility, my voice? What has he put inside of me to release uh, in the body of Christ. And for me, you know, I I had to go through years of fighting for women in ministry, yeah. and now I'm a champion for women, and I'm a champion for men who champion women. And yeah. so, you know, I haven't lost the cause of seeing every person fulfill the call and destiny in their life. And so, you know, I just, it takes courage. We just have to say, I'm not going to throw this thing away no matter how painful it is in the process. Yeah. So another sign of uh, p- being a pioneer would be understanding that you will be misunderstood. Almost mm-hmm. definitely. And so that deals with that thick skin part. You can't be afraid to do something different. Actually, if you are a pioneer, you're probably doing something different. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's why you have opposition because it's different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah. 
<laughs> As for my husband, like oh, I was always one, I'd get it, I'd want to do it all right now. And my husband would say, he was in the Navy, he said, you can't turn a ship on a dime, <laughs> you know? When they knew they had to change directions, you know, we're going to pioneer something new or we're going to go in a different direction on how we do this, you know, they would have to plot their course on how they would turn that ship because there was a lot of people on that ship. And uh, so I learned to listen to him on the how while I knew, you know, the vision and the direction that we were going. But so yeah, that, we have to be, we recognize we'll be misunderstood, but we also recognize that times are going to stand alone in that place. That's kind of a good attribute though that that you just brought up is that um, when I think of a pioneer, I think of somebody who's going to run full charge ahead, full speed, someone who is so full of passion, um, who often just makes decisions, which is such a valuable trait in a pioneer. But that doesn't mean that there's not room for mm-hmm. processes and wisdom and strategy. And those are also needed um, attributes in pioneering. So maybe if, you know, that could be a partnership too, like you and your husband, you know, that's a partnership of you wanting to go and him saying, okay, let's do this, you know, with some wisdom. And, um, so I guess what I'm saying is pioneering may be lonely, but is it always good to do it alone? Oh, it's lonely. Um, when, when you're carrying something independently and until people catch on, because the fact was we were here in this valley for a year till we had our first church service and it was a single mom with a couple kids that showed up. It was a very, very long process. And uh, we, we were misunderstood. We were told we will never be accepted in this valley, but we were alone and yeah. we were misunderstood. Yeah. But as we began to impact people's lives, we began to grow and people began to get on board. And guess what? we're not alone anymore. And look, now we have a tri-generational podcast going on, right? And um, now, you know, we have you, we have Joel here, our son, he was just 18 months when we came here. And now for 20 years, he's been on staff. Mm-hmm. And so you you look at that and you see in time, we never knew that he'd end up being our worship leader because I used to lead worship in the beginning. <laughs> no wonder people didn't come to church because I can't sing and I can't even keep beat. Joel tells me to stop clapping. You know, and so, um, but the fact is, we've got to recognize when we pioneer, it's for the long haul. And our ultimate goal is to build a kingdom which is filled with people. Mm-hmm. And we might be un- misunderstood, but if we aren't offended by being misunderstood, you know, I get it. Joel, you talk about your kids, you have to parents, your kids, and they don't understand all the times why you lead them the way you do. But ultimately what you do is for their good. And I think that's important for every pioneer because our goal is to reach people, establish the kingdom of God. And it's different for everyone. Mm -hmm. But for us, it has been very, very, very much uh, causing people to discover their purpose, their identity, to fulfill uh, what God has called them to fulfill. So even though we started out alone, it was all to raise up. So I guess the vision just kind of is the thing that propels you for it because you were alone for a long time. It's not like it was a quick thing, but so having that vision is the thing that you just hold to and 
keep going no matter what. Yes, you're unmovable in that, but you are very flexible in the processes. Gotcha. And I and I think it's important, you know, especially the more you go and the more people are on board with you is to allow everyone the opportunity for buy-in, allow everyone's voice to be heard if they're taking responsibility, if they're a part of the advancement of that vision. Yeah, that's really good. Another quality that I was thinking of for a pioneer would be you have to be willing to create structure as you go. Because mm -hmm. if you are a pioneer, there's not a there's structure, no structure in place. <laughs> like for when we were talking about the Oregon Trail, there wasn't much of a trail. Okay, <laughs> They had to plow through some things. And now we can just get in our car or whatever and just drive because we have the interstates. So there's structures in place that makes make it easy to move. But if you are being a pioneer, you can't just go and not create structure along the way because the goal of pioneering is so that people can then follow the lead yes, that you're going. Good. And so it's not just, you're not just out for a walk and, uh, and just pursuing something for your own benefit. If we're a true pioneer in the church, in the kingdom, we have to also have a have to have a mentality to create structure as we go so that people can actually then follow That's good. the places that we're pioneering. Wow, Jesus was the perfect example of that because there were some who believed Jesus was evil, he was sinful, he was proudful, he was arrogant, you know, he was an enemy to the religious leaders. You know, I mean, he really had some opposition, Jesus did. Yeah. Um, and so he faced all those things. Even his disciples who followed him really thought he came to overthrow the kingdoms of this world. So there was misunderstanding. He was alone in a lot of things, but he was pioneering away and investing into them and you know he'd he'd preach to the multitudes and sit down and explain to them the kingdom and then ultimately they were the ones that were the builders of the church mm -hmm. once Jesus you know ascended into heaven and yeah. they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they were filled with the Holy Spirit right and so you you think about that he he went through all those pioneering misunderstood being alone type things but he also was paving a way for all of us to follow. And yeah. now as Jesus is, so are we in this world, right? Mm -hmm. Because he made a way, he put a structure and systems down, which are the principles of the kingdom. Yeah. I think about Jesus when it says, um, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, mm -hmm. um, which so we know because of the passion of the Christ, but the, the word passion means suffering. And so when you have such a passion, you the suffering is par for the course, but it's worth it because mm -hmm. you see um, what is what could be. You see what is ahead. You see the, the fruits that's going to be worth all the laboring, all the suffering, um, because pioneering is, is no joke. <laughs> this is uh, not for the faint at heart. Um, yeah, I think it's... I think we have to recognize that it's not just dealing with the criticism from others. It's even dealing with self-criticism because you've never been this place before. You've yeah. never walked this way before. Am I doing this thing right? And uh, Stephen and I are not, we've never been ones to fight and raise our voice at each other, but we had one big argument. Uh, and that's when we moved here and he said, it's your fault that we're here. <laughs> 
I picked up a rocking chair and threw it at him. And he took his fist and hit the, the we had a metal door and he hit the metal door and there's a, you know, a fist print in the door. And our kids were not used to ever seeing us fight. And they went in their rooms and they're crying. And, and um, uh, I mean, we, we were facing such challenges. And, uh, you know, a lot of times there's a propensity to blame, you yeah. know, there was times where I even blamed God. I remember going to the grocery store and complaining, God, I got $3 to buy food for a family four and I'm complaining to the Lord. And, and so it's not just other people's opinions and other people's criticisms. It's our own criticisms and the process. And here, my goodness, I, I was only saved like five years, six years, something <laughs> by this time. I was still in a lot of ways a baby believer, even though we went to Bible school and stuff. You know, all those things, It you, you just doubted yourself. And especially if you didn't have others, we didn't have mentors. We didn't, mm -hmm. it was a time in the body of Christ where people just weren't investing into others like we see now. There was no podcast. There was no, you know, internet that we could check out somebody's sermons. You know, we were really alone. I no mean, we, internet. You know, no internet, no I computers. Always, I thought that always existed. And, and so, you know, you really felt alone. But so, but just like Jesus had a purpose, mm -hmm. we had a purpose. Yeah. And uh, and Jesus came with a purpose to destroy the works of the devil. And God called us here because he loved this valley. He loved this people. And he was in our future. He knew where we would be, and we didn't like coming to the country. Uh, it was a place we despised for probably 10 years. Uh, but when finally we committed to say, okay, God, you've called us here. We're covenanting with mm -hmm. the land. We're not just going to get up and go at any point in time and settled it in our heart. That's when we really began to see a lot of fruit. So when you did, when you came here and were establishing things and, you know, I remember the stories of how they called you Oshlanders, which is, mm -hmm. doesn't that mean outsiders? Mm -hmm. it's a, we are in a German Pennsylvania Dutch community. So it was pretty blatant that, that people were coming against you. Um, so I think that's pretty common for pioneers is criticism. So what are some of the ways, you know, how, what is a pioneer's relationship with criticism? What should that look like? Um, and I can kind of jump ahead. Like I remember um, back then, back 40 plus years ago, um, this area was pretty white, German mm -hmm. dominant, and there was a lot of racism in this area. And you're coming from the city where it's much more diverse and that, that wasn't as a, f a forefront issue for you um, where you were coming from. But you came in and I, you know, I wasn't around at this time, but I remember you said you kind guys kind of made a decision that every guest minister that you brought in for a season was not going to be white. Correct. And so, can you tell us like, about you got a where problem? You yeah. got a problem with black people? We're only going to bring in blacks, you know, because we're going. This is evil. This is wrong. This is anti kingdom. It's anti Christ, and we just confronted it. And so he, now, like when if somebody would say something, did you spend all your time debating and arguing with them, or did you just no. made the decision that you were going to do it differently? We just did it differently. So I think that's key for pioneers yeah. is that sometimes we waste all of our energy kind of fighting little fires. Mm -mm. 
Mm-hmm. When we could say, okay, we're pioneers, we're going to do it a different way and just make the decision to do it that different way. Yeah. In fact, there kind of was like a sick to the dog type yeah. thing. <clears throat> when someone says, you're never going to make it here. Okay, God, we're going to show them. We're going to make it here. <laughs> and uh, so whatever really came against us in those seasons, we would do the opposite of that. And that purely had to be the grace of God uh, for us to be able to do that because we would do the opposite because we came from a different culture. We saw the strongholds of this area and we refused to yield to those things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just like whether it was racial or gender or whatever it might have been. And I even remember people here, people who were coming to our church complained about me telling, saying this woman's trying to control and go to Stephen and say, control your wife. Women aren't allowed to do this. And he'd come to me and he said, Melody, he said, you're okay with God and you're okay with me. Just do it. Knowing he would get backlash. And boy, did that build my trust in him as my husband, Mm -hmm. but it also validated the gift that I carried. And so, you know, we really, we stood together. We, except for that one fight we had, (laughs) you know, we really, we really stood together and we supported each other. And um, even though we were lonely, we had each other and we knew we had two kids, kids we could invest into them, you know? (laughs) And um, so, yeah, it, it was a, a challenging season. But I've learned through the years, we've had so many pioneering seasons. Mm -hmm. And so now, uh, you know, we built memorials. You know, if we just hold steady our course, Mm -hmm. we keep our heart pure. We don't have to justify. If we're really hearing from God, we don't have to justify why we're doing what we're doing. Now, if someone really wants to understand, we'll explain. Yeah. But if somebody wants to argue, we don't waste our time. Yeah. This is different from situation to situation, but I think it's an important truth. But we have to, even as pioneers, we have to be open to to instruction, be open to yeah, maybe a different perspective. Be o- Because, I mean, you could listen to this and be like, well, I'm just going to do it however yeah. way I want. And, <laughs> and, you know, I'll just make a mess. And I want to challenge you that I think it's still important even even if you are a pioneer, to get feedback from those that you trust. And And I was kind of going to bring that up when you were, when we were talking about this, you know, in that instance, you guys made a decision, you were going to hold steady the course, no matter what the criticism you were receiving. But I was going to ask you in that time, and maybe you have to think back about this, but were there ones who spoke into you, who, who you heeded their advice and you... There wasn't anyone. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't even, we left Bible school and there was no follow-up from that Bible school. There, there was nothing about mentorship and investment and, you know, developing people. Those were and, in the early years. Yeah. The, yeah. I mean, I'm getting pretty old here, you know? <laughs> and, uh, but I mean, we saw it. We would beg people. We'd go to denominations and say, you know, can we be a part of your denomination? We were we were young, just craving for spiritual mothers and fathers, yeah. which people didn't even use that term back then. And I remember, and I won't say the name of these different denominations, but we went there and they said, well, you have to have 100 people before you can become a part of this denomination and you have to pay this and do this. And I thought, man, if we had 100 people, we wouldn't need you. We can't even get one. 
<laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, you know, there was just no one. Now, we would drive about 45 minutes to go to a, a church. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we we stayed in, we, we drove far away so there wouldn't be any competition in our area or I mean, people were probably felt competitors. I don't know, but we went far away to protect other churches and other pastors uh, to be fed. And we listened to tapes. We read a lot of books, uh, but no, so, we were. So maybe it would be. Uh, so that was your experience, but it's not like that now. It's not like that now, or like since you did live through that. What you know? What would you have wanted? What? As a pioneer today, what are some things that we can do to um, invite? You know, there's criticism that's all negative, but then there's also experience and wisdom and constructive criticism and feedback and those type of things. Well, one thing I know that it's done in me, because our, our pain can become our purpose or we can get bitter or better. You've heard all <laughs> those things before. And, and um, because of what we experienced, it drove me to if there was a hungry person, mm-hmm. if there was a person who was willing to pioneer, pay a price, you know, invest, labor, work hard, I would pour my life into them. And it's become an aspect of our whole ministry. Yeah. And so our experiences really can turn around for good. And because of all that, uh, my leadership methodologies are not about more of what I can get, but more of what I can give. Um, It causes me to do life exchange podcasts. You know, it's just not when Melody says it's, or believes or thinks or the contributions I carry, it's what you guys carry. And we partner together. We're not functioning in this up-down mindset. It's Mm -hmm. like we're really working together because I know what it's like to be alone. And I don't want to be alone anymore. Yeah. No matter how long we've did did this, no matter how much we pioneered, I don't want to be alone. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so important to search out those that really have a heart to invest into you and that it's win-win relationships. And we might have done a podcast with this, but we all need mentors and we all need to be mentored. Yeah. And we all need those that we're going to partner with as well. Yeah. Most of this podcast has been in the ministry realm. So like what are some other areas that we can be a pioneer outside of maybe the ministry setting? Well, if only 2% of the body of Christ is standing behind the pulpit uh, and 98% are in the marketplace, we need apostolic, prophetic believers in the marketplace arena mm-hmm. because God's goal and, and we could say in the last days, he's going to establish the mountain of the Lord's house upon the different mountains of society. And, um, you know, yeah, men's hearts might faint for fear in the last days, but he said, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And he's going to do that by believers going into all the different spheres of influence and modeling or pioneering a different mindset, a different way of thinking and functioning and acting in a world where there's turmoil. And they'll know we are Christians by our love. You just walking in love, you're pioneering a different mindset in our world. You walk in care for humanity, you're pioneering a different mindset in the world. And of course, that's just mindsets and ideologies, biblical ideologies. But 
you go to start a business, if you have the heart to build the kingdom of God, God is going to give you creative business ideas to give you a platform of influence to impact the world for good. And so a pioneering spirit isn't just for ministry. It is for any person who wants to pave a way for others to follow. So I guess, um, you know, from scratch, that looks like entrepreneurship where Mm -hmm. they are charting a brand new course Mm -hmm. and something that is theirs and it started with them, it ends with them. Um, but then if if that's not you, if you're not an entrepreneur, that could be working for another business and you look at the culture that is, maybe it's a cost, uh, culture rampant with gossip or negativity and you, you decide you're going to be the one who goes against that current, which is very pioneering because you, again, you are the only one who's doing it differently. You're the one swimming upstream. You're, you know, I, I remember my sister telling me a story. She was working with this group of people and this one person was just negative, 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 negative all day long. And she said, stop. She said, I don't want to, if, if it's negative, I don't want to hear it. The next thing you say to me needs to be positive. (laughs) And, Mm -hmm. And she's a very aggressive personality, but you know, it could be just making that those decisions every single day that you're going to do it different, even when everybody else around you is doing it. And I think no matter where we're at, ministry or marketplace, a pioneer will work when others are playing. That's good. They'll pay a higher price and not get bitter about that, not be angry about that, but recognize that's what pioneers do. That's good. It's going to cost you money. It's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you energy. Um, I mean, you, you just... You'll look and see somebody go on vacation while you're sitting in the mm-hmm. office doing the work and and celebrate that, not be bitter about that. And because there, there was times throughout my life, it would be like, I want to go on vacation too. Yeah. But, you know, or man, I'd like to be able to do that too. And now with social media, everybody's plastering all their fun on social media. And if you're in there working on social media to accomplish a goal and an objective, you're going to be looking, man. And so, you know, we cannot get self-centric about this thing. We we got to recognize you're going to pay a price and you'll suffer. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying suffering, you know, Passion, works of darkness, yeah, 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 practical suffering of, of going without some things, and you know when you have to put your money where your mouth is, instead of getting something you want, you're going to be making investments, mm-hmm. and all those things are really important. But celebrate them. Say, God, if you've called me to pioneer this, I am going to rejoice in the process mm-hmm. because if you don't rejoice, you will get embittered. And it'll sabotage whatever you're trying to build. Yeah. When you think about it, one of the roles of a pioneer is to make things easier for other people. Ooh, ooh that was good right there. So yes. if you get bitter about that, I mean, that's one of the main functions of a pioneer. Like if you were heading out west, uh, maybe you didn't create the roads, but you made maps or you... Uh, described markers in the land or whatever. So you made it easier for the next person. So if you're going to be bitter about, well, I'm doing all the, well, yeah, that's a pioneer. That's what a pioneer does. (laughs) Yeah. And so just being realistic about what you're called to and not be upset about it. And I think another thing about pioneers, it's not like I pioneered it, pioneered this. Okay, I'm done. When you carry the spirit of a You've pioneer, you've always been pioneer. Yeah. yeah. When you're done with something, it never you're stops. On to- yeah. 
In fact, I'm facing something right now in some training I bring to a, a Bible school, and um, uh, it is both online and offline at the same time. Yeah. And I'm going, I have never done this before. <laughs> And I'm contacting all these prophetic people and saying, how are you doing this? Because, you know, they do prophetic trainings as well. And I said, are you doing this? Well, no, we've never done it like that before. <laughs> and I've not found one person who's doing what I need to do. And so I go, ah, the thought hit. You get to pioneer something new. Because and the fact is, God carries every solution. So he knows how to do this thing. And guess what? Because you've gone there, then you can help someone and it makes it mm -hmm. easier. And guess what? Those people that you were reaching out to, they're like, hey, I've seen you do yeah. this. How do you yeah. do that? That's right. Yeah. And so you can't be bitter about that. It's just part of the 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 job description of a pioneer is to actually make it easier for people. You're 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 trailblazing a path for someone to arrive at the same destination more effectively, efficiently, mm -hmm. and ultimately easier. Yeah. And see, when I can embrace that with joy, uh, no matter how old I am, as my heart is beating, my lungs are breathing, and I have the mental capacity, <laughs> I'm, I'm probably always going to be thinking differently. I'm always going to be thinking about what we can build, what we can achieve, what we can accomplish. And I've learned in my life personally, when I hit a season in my life, when I can't pioneer, I feel like I'm dying mm. emotionally. And I've had those things, you know, sometimes life throws you curves and you're not able to do and be fully who you are. And that is more painful to me than yeah. pioneering and working when others are playing or paying a higher price or doing without or whatever it might be. Um, I, it, if I'm not pioneering, I realize that I'm really not fulfilling the call of God upon my life. Mm. So it'll probably be until Jesus comes back or I go home to some level. I don't know. We'll see. I would say like, as you're talking, I just keep thinking there are certain people that you are just bent towards this pioneering, like, like you, like, you're saying, I will always be pioneering. That's something that's in you. Um, and then other people, you're pioneering in a different way. You're, you are making decisions every day that you're going to do things differently than the way that you've seen it. And you're doing it for your, you know, I think of you, Joel, you know, like mama, you, and I, I call him Pat, pastor Steve, you were both brought up with some level of abuse in your household, you were affected by that. And you've talked about how those things affected the way you raised your children. But now I see Joel, I see you and Aaron making decisions that you are going to raise your children a different way. And so what you're doing is just as much pioneering for your future, for future generations. Mm -hmm. But it might look a little different than the pioneering that you're saying, Mama, of um, starting something brand new. And, and, you know, it's all pioneering, but it might look differently Four different people. So you need to pioneer also with a legacy mindset, mm -hmm. right? So I I was talking to my my son about is like I want him to be a better parent than I was, mm -hmm. you know. And and I, I remember one time I did something. And he's like, "Well, I'm going to do that better than what you're doing it now." And I said, "I hope you do. <laughs> mm -hmm. I hope you do, man. Yeah, I really do." And so um, I'm a better parent than what my parents were, and I and I hope that my kids are a better parent than I was. And so as you pioneer, you also have to have that legacy mindset that they're going to even go 
further beyond what you could ever hope and imagine. Mm-hmm. I, I find sometimes when people pioneer, when they kind of arrive at a certain spot, then they become the resistors to the ones mm-hmm. that are pioneering past them. Yeah. Hey, if we're a pioneer, we need to have that legacy mindset and and be that encourager to those, you know, and you see that in ministry. It's like some people uh, that pioneered certain movements, they're kind of like, they want to stop it at where they arrived. But and are critical of other movements. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I think just being open and recognizing this is how it works. God's kingdom is ever increasing. Yeah. And so encourage yeah. those around you to go beyond. Like I said with my son, I, I hope that you're a better parent than I am. That, that is my goal. And one of the core values of our ministry is bravery. And bravery is having that courage, you know, to pioneer, having that courage to go where God is moving. And if these things are released in the body of Christ, we want to be a part of everything that God is doing and not be our own little world because this is the way we've always done it and we're not going to change. And and I think it's really important that, that we're willing to say, God, if you're speaking to somebody else and that's the kingdom is being built, we're going to embrace what they've pioneered and incorporated into what we're doing. And we talked about being a pioneer, having that vision, having that word from the Lord. You got to understand that other people aren't going to necessarily have that. So yeah. you you have to be okay with paving the way or mm-hmm. trailblazing a little bit so that then people can come along. But at first I would say if you're a new pioneer or if you wanna if you want to change some of the culture maybe in your family or your workplace or even in a church environment, you have to be willing to go where other people aren't willing to go mm-hmm. so that in hope that then then then, then they can uh, come up behind you. I think it's important, especially when we're talking about a team, because uh, already, Katie, you've called me and said, okay, mama, I need some vision here, Yeah, you know? And so because God has graced you and anointed you to take vision and structure that vision to bring it to pass. And so even though you're probably more prophetic and pastoral by Mm -hmm. calling, the fact is the gifts that you carry, the skills that you carry are very apostolic by nature because it's building the vision. Yeah. And you must recognize that is pioneering. It might look a little different, but without it, we couldn't accomplish what we accomplish. I think that is good too, as a pioneer, because you you can grow just weary in the journey and just having someone or even something, you know, even if you write it down really clearly, um, something that when you are feeling weary, you can just go back and say, whether it's that person or go back to that token and say, remind me of why we're doing what we're doing. So for me, sometimes it's just like, I just need five minutes. Just tell me that, remind me of the vision and then I'm good. And then I, you know, the, the flame ignites again and I can run. But I think that is important even yeah. as a pioneer is because it's going to be hard. It's going to be wearying. It's going to be um, just devastating at times. And it will not look the way you're expecting it to. Yeah. Right. Just expect that. And I can't <laughs> expect someone else to carry the grace that I'm carrying because yeah. God created me this way, mm-hmm. and but he didn't create someone else that way. So I can't be critical of someone else's 
way of functioning, calling, purpose, destiny. And in fact, because you, Katie, and you, Joe, are different than me, I celebrate that because can you imagine us going three different pioneering directions? No, no, we need a pioneering focus, a vision, and those things. And what you guys do with that has made my, you know what, we accomplish so much more faster mm -hmm. than we ever did before. Yeah. Because we are a team, we think differently, we value uh, the other person's contributions and gifts, and recognize that they all work together to fulfill the call of God and build the kingdom. And I think, again, that's just a reminder of like the, even the three of us, we remind each other of the vision. Why are we doing what we're doing? What, you know, what's the purpose? Having the goal in front of you, because if that goal gets covered up with discouragement or just fatigue... Um, you know, you might not get there. <laughs> You've got to keep it before you so that you're able to run, which the Bible says. And one thing I think we need to confront as pioneers is constantly reject the fear of man. Mm -hmm. Because if we're always concerned about what someone else thinks of us, we will stop running the race. Yeah. On whatever level we are in that, we we have to hold steady to the fear of the Lord, not the fear of man. And for me, the fear of the Lord is I don't want to do anything to break his heart, mm -hmm. hurt his heart. Your definition of the fear of the Lord? Nothing and no one comes above God. Exactly. Yeah. And we have to hold on to that. I know in a previous episode, Joel said, what, what did you say about it? it's just knowing God? That's our... Our goal and our focus is just knowing God. The high mark is knowing Christ. Knowing Christ, yeah. yes. And see, those three things right there is what empowers us to hold steady to the course. Mm -hmm. We talked about this in another episode where we were talking about navigating disappointment. Obviously, when you're a pioneer, you're going to experience mm. failure. Yeah. So what should our relationship to failure be? Because the truth is, you will fail. Yeah. <laughs> and every pioneer has. Yeah. And sure. so I can go back and I can look at Kenneth Hagin or I can look at Bishop Bill Hammond or I can look at, you know, a different leaders in the body of Christ. And one thing I love about this time in history is people have so learned to become authentic. Like they don't hide their battles, their struggles, the fears, the, you know, all the different things they go through. And um, they'll just say, hey, I face this and this is how I overcome. And so when we can glean from other pioneers, their disappointments, their battles, mm -hmm. their struggles, we're going, you know what? There's no temptation taken us, but is what common to man, yeah. you know, and Jesus, he's been there, done that, bought all these t-shirts and so much more. So, uh, you know, I can stand strong because there have been so many pioneers that have gone before us. And if you really, I talk about my stuff and our stuff, but you go back to some other pioneers, the price they paid <laughs> was so much greater. Mm -hmm. And like Charles Finney, oh, I love Charles. Charles Finney. And I mean, he wasn't just a preacher, but he was an abolitionist. He was fighting against, you know, slavery. He was fighting against, uh, fighting for women's rights. What, all those yeah. years ago, can you imagine the opposition he had, mm -hmm. you know, in the world and in the body of Christ? But 
like he he's a hero of the faith to me. He is, you know, he is a revivalist, but he was a pioneer on uh, societal issues mm -hmm. as well as, you know, seeing people come into the kingdom of God. Yeah. So I think one way that we do that is to look at other pioneers mm -hmm. and glean from their experiences. I, I think as a pioneer, failure is going to be inevitable as it is with all of us. Mm -hmm. um, I think just bluntly, pioneers need grit. You've you've got to be able to shake off the dirt. Yeah, you've got to be able to just say, like, oh my gosh, I failed. Yeah, you did. And what are you going to do about it? Mm -hmm. I mean, it, you have to be able to just get up and keep going. It's going to happen. And one thing, we we have a friend, Kevin Iketa, and we had asked him, you know, if somebody just has a dream, they're just starting out, um, you know, what's some advice that you would give them? And he kind of said, fail. He's like, that's the best advice I could give you is fail a couple times. And if you can make it through that, then you know you've got what it takes. And and he said, um, strength increases by overcoming resistance. Mm. So you're getting stronger. Every time that you fail and you do something about it, mm -hmm. you're getting stronger. You're building that resilience, that grit inside of you for the perseverance that you are going to need as a pioneer. If you so. truly believe that you're doing what you're called to do as a pioneer, if you were called to it, then you were created for it. Mm -hmm. If you were called to it, then you were created for it. Mm -hmm. So, so a lot of times people get overwhelmed and say, I can't handle this. Actually, that would be a lie because right. if you were called to it, you were created for it and you have the capacity for it. Yeah. So I challenge you, uh, if you fall into discouragement, if you fall into being overwhelmed, step back and say, hey, am I doing what God called me to do? Mm -hmm. Then if I am and I believe it, then I have to realize I was actually designed. I was created with the capacity for it So good. and, and that, step into it. Yeah, and that in him, in that where we are sure. weak. He is strong. And so whenever you take it as if you are only doing it in your own strength and capacity, yeah, you're going to you're gonna feel like you can't do it. And that's when stepping into, leaning into what he has said again, uh, leaning into who he is as your encourager, as your strength, and, and going to the source of life and going to the source of all that you need and, and staying so connected to it, staying tender to the Holy Spirit that, yeah, you're going to get knocked down, but he has equipped equipped you for it. He has empowered you and he is with you in it as you walk it out. And grace is for today. Yeah. I don't have grace yeah. for tomorrow. So when I start thinking about tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, that's when I get shaken. But if I focus on giving my level best today and functioning in the grace of God that he's put upon me today, because mm -hmm. right now, is my moment of grace. Mm -hmm. And so I've got to focus on giving my best today. And when I do that today, then tomorrow will take care of itself. Yeah, I know just semi-recently as a team, we went through something super hard, it was just very, very difficult. And my motto at that time was, we're taking one day at a time, one, day, one at a day, time. day at a time. That's all we have. That's what we've been given to steward. Not, um, We don't have the grace for tomorrow. We have the grace for today. And, and you so, experience miracles every day. Yeah. Yes, we did. Yeah. One thing that's funny is when we started this podcast out, we're like, I don't know what if we have something to say about this. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, we, we came up I with mean, some stuff. I mean, preacher's going to preach. We'll always figure sure. out something to say, but yeah. And I think it's a part of our nature as a church. And uh, 
and our people, even in the church, have grown to embrace change really well. Mm-hmm. When years ago, they would bucket tooth and nail. and uh, <laughs> But now it's like, okay, well, that's just what we do. You know, It's almost like if it goes too long, people are like, when are we doing something new? <laughs> yeah, it's it's become our culture to be pioneers and and uh, and I and I think it creates courage in people. Yeah. And you would think it would make people feel insecure or unsafe, but in actuality, it leaves so much room for creativity and advancement and vision. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I said it in a podcast, but you know, you were talking about us always changing, and I think a lot of times in the church world, it's like, well. Well, spiritual consistency is not moving, but I think spiritual consistency is actually change. Yeah. Change is spiritual consistency. What is consistent that we keep our eyes on Jesus? Mm -hmm. My sheep hear my voice and a voice of a stranger they will not follow. Yeah. So the consistency is who we look to, but we're always changing Yeah, you always need new ones. You're always adapting. You're always growing. You're You're always always maturing. Glory to glory. Line upon line. Yeah. yeah, line upon here a little, there a little, you know, and that's just a part of our walk. Yeah. So I really hope that those that have listened to this are encouraged to realize that you're not alone. I know when you pioneer, you can feel alone, uh, but hopefully from this talk, you, it, it challenges you, it, it, it encourages you to rise up and step into what God has called you to do. Yeah. Yeah. So as a pioneer, uh, whoever you are listening, however you're pioneering, we just encourage you just keep going, keeping on. Um, You've got what it takes. You can do it. Um, The Holy Spirit is with you. Uh, You're not alone. Uh, And so we just speak courage to your heart. We speak grace for your journey, for your process. Uh, We just speak life and peace and hope and future uh, and blessing over all that you set your hands to in his name. Thanks for listening to Life Exchange. We'll be back next week with more conversation on topics of life and leadership. Until next time, be sure to check out our website at givinglight.org, where you can learn more about our church and access loads of resources to help you grow in your walk with God and people. If you like what you heard today, we'd be grateful if you leave a five-star review and share with your friends. Be blessed. Remember to shine your light and have a great week. Thank you.